You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. How you doing, Lex? Hey, Carly. I am doing well. We are recording virtually today, which is nice that you're not breathing all on my neck. (laughs) You know, you miss it. (laughs) Rubbing on my legs. Right, oh, whoa. <laughs> I said right before before you said what you said because I thought you were gonna say uh, you rubbed it on my leg, but you just be all in my ear whispering extra stuff so they don't hear out the mic. And she be caressing my legs, y'all. Okay. Just letting you know these are the workplace hazards <laughs> of Carly's couch. <laughs> you be tickling my ankle with your toes. <laughs> she likes it though. <laughs> Anyways, how extreme can we get in intro? <laughs> Y'all know what y'all tuning in for today. (laughs) Carly's Couch After Dark. After Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, one day we should have a Carly's Couch After Dark. That's what we should name uh, when we do a sex episode, if we ever do one. (laughs) Then we should name it that. I think we will. I think we will, and it it will be called that. (laughs) It'll be our highest viewed episode. That's so funny. It's like everybody, (laughs) it could be a live episode too. Like everybody wear your fenties or your your manties. Come on, hop in. Yo, Yo, Savage Fenty. Yeah, manties. I like right. it. Right. We can do the Zoom where everybody's on the side. Because <laughs> <laughs> with YouTube, when you go live, they can't, you can't see them, but they just talk. But maybe we can use the Zoom and do a live one. I like that. I like that kind of like interviews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but it- um, glad that we're still able to podcast, even though we are in two different places today. Um I'm the guest, I guess. I'm calling in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to technology. Um, I'm actually really proud of us, like even through the pandemic, how consistent we've been. 115 episodes in person. This is our first one apart. I'm only, you know, partially sad. Um, still get to see Lex, so that's cool. So shout out to that. If you do want to join us on The Bouch, we are open for questions and topics and comments or feedback, thoughts. You can call us. Um, at 323-505-2030. Leave us a voicemail, let us know, and then we'll, we'll after, you know, <clears throat> listening to it, and if it's, you know, okay, because some of y'all be wildin', then we can post it, and we'll play it in, um, in an episode and give you some feedback. Yeah, and give us a call and leave a voicemail, because we only had one phone, I believe Sarah, mm-hmm. um, but we only had one so far, so that was kind of cool. So I do want you guys to call us, uh, I was looking at our reviews also. We need you to leave us some reviews, but I'm glad for the ones we have. We have like 96 ratings and we still at a 5.0. So give us five stars. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a little note that we can read. Yeah, we appreciate you and all the support. <clears throat> People have been responding and sending things, um, holding us accountable whenever we accidentally post with a little metronome beating in the background. All of those mm-hmm. things. We appreciate you. But yeah, like, damn, y'all suck. <laughs> y'all y'all seem clicking too much. Like, damn, bro, my bad. Let me click you real quick. You know what's so funny is that's the text you got. The one I got was, hey, I think there's something wrong with the sound on the podcast. <laughs> Right, yeah. And then your people were just like, this is a great episode. They lied to you. They didn't even listen to it. Because <laughs> mom was like, damn, that's good for Damn. Like, okay. <laughs> well, after you fixed it, shout out to Jay, of course, as always. He was like, yeah, something's <laughs> wrong with the sound. And then later he hit me like, oh, okay, it was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happened there real quick. But thank you, because sometimes I'll be doing it without listening to it. So, <laughs> Well, here we are. <laughs> trying to add the intro and the outro. Ding, ding. Ah, I'm last. This week, so we um, have a 
great topic that Carly thought about. Um, and we're going to talk about rejection. I got to stop moving back and forth. We got to talk about rejection and how that impacts you, why it impacts you, um, and how to deal with it because we've all been rejected at one point or another in a million different ways. Um, and so I'm hoping that we can come up with some stories and things as well throughout this. Um, but Carly, what, how would you describe what rejection feels like? Oh, <clears throat> man, rejection. And granted, it, it can vary depending on what, like if it's like a person that you really like or a job or whatever. But it kind of feels like... To me, in the past, it's kind of felt like, damn, am I not good enough? Like, it kind of can lead to a trickle of, like, questioning yourself and can make you be like, damn, am I not as popping as I thought I was? Like, it kind of, I guess, all of that to say, it kind of makes you feel like you're, you're questioning yourself a little bit. It can. That's, like, on the extreme end of, like, what it can feel like. Like, damn, did that, what happened? Like, especially, I think about, I laugh in business school. Um, whenever you apply for all these jobs, like, a lot of times, they don't even reply back. There's no no, there's no nothing. It's just kind of, like, crickets. And it's like, when you get like the crickets, like they're not replying back, does that feel like rejection to you? Or is that the same feeling as if, if you were to get the, hey, sorry, we didn't choose you? It's like, dang, y'all don't even respect me enough to reply back. And that's granted, like, I know that they probably get a million applications and, and hindsight and perspective is always twenty twenty afterwards. But when you first get into that pool and um, I guess level up in certain areas and are aiming higher and realizing that like, man, you, you aren't guaranteed to get a response back. Like, dang, I'm not even worth a response. Like that was at first when it was in business school after that, it was like, Oh, okay, whatever. Y'all not going to email me back. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's better than getting like one where you can tell they just copy and paste. Thanks for your application. Like get out of here. So mm-hmm. it just, it just really depends mm-hmm. on what it is. How does rejection feel for you? I would describe the feeling of rejection as like a pain, like pain in my chest. Um, like a thinking feeling, like disappointment. Um, yeah, I think about things like heartbreak feelings. Like mm. to me, when I think about rejection, that's what it feels like to me. Like a thinking deep, like feeling in your chest. Um, which is interesting because um, there is actually a link between rejection and physical pain, and studies show that it, it literally has the exact same effect on you that when you're rejected or when there's like a social pain, what they can call it, it your body is literally reacting as if it's physical pain. Um, and to that, I think there was a study that I saw that I thought was interesting where they said that people who took Tylenol before um, reliving like a story of rejection mm-hmm. versus people who took like the placebo, the sugar pill. They said that they had, like, they recounted it much less painfully, much less, like, intense. Mm. Um, and so a lot of studies even show that, like, it literally is, like, manifested as pain in your body. Um, and also that you can relive rejection more vividly than reliving pain. Like, if you've ever, like, broken your arm or, like, did something, like, when you think back on it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I broke my arm. But you could think back about when somebody dumped you or you didn't get into that club and it like actually hurts more even when you're thinking about it. So those things are very interesting to me. Um, and it makes me feel like, you know, it's really important to understand how to 
deal with rejection because you're literally putting your body through like this intense kind of pain and this intense like feelings that um, probably aren't so healthy to like always relive or to harp on, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I love studies like that. I nerd out over the body and think about um, metaphysical anatomy. Can you say that again? Because it went in and out. I said, um, I love studies like that, linking like thoughts and feelings and like seemingly like ethereal, like spiritual things with physical because metaphysical anatomy is real. Like how we carry stress, how we react mm-hmm. to fear, how we react to pain. Um, like humans are the only animals that can relive scenarios time and time again. Like you mentioned, people recounting their experiences with pain and feeling it worse. Like, you know, and you know, like when you rethink about those things, you can feel your chest drop, like your heart drop a little bit and your stomach, you can get a nod in it and nothing is physically happening to you. So it's so interesting. Um, I'm definitely going to have to read that and look that up. Why do you think that rejection feels so intense or has that, that effect on people? Um, I think because we all have a very strong need to belong. We're social animals. And also because we have the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Like, oh, man, I'm so smart. Oh, man, here's this rejection letter to this college. So it's like, ugh. <laughs> like, ugh, maybe I'm not. I don't know. But um, I think that it's just kind of, that's where, like when you said, the way you you think about it like um, it, you can start to question yourself. And so I think that it feels so strongly because now you're making it where the narratives don't match in real life. And so you have like this weird thing of trying to figure out, well, what's the truth? Mm, absolutely. What about you? Why do you think that rejection feels so strong? Um, because people build like, the narratives, people build themselves up for things or get excited about things. And it's kind of like a disappointment or a letdown. It's like, oh man, you know, we going to the movies this weekend or whatever. Even like all these plans, thinking about it with the pandemic, like even with all these plans, like, oh, I'm going to travel here and here and here and here. And it's like, now, nah, you're not. You're going to be at home. It's like, damn, kind of like mm-hmm. it's linking with that disappointment. So it's like you have this buildup of excitement or confidence or that like for that person or, you know, the admiration, like, oh, my family's going to be so proud. Whatever the thing is, you have this association with it and then it doesn't pan out the way you think it does. And it kind of like all of that mm-hmm. tips the opposite way on the scale. Mm-hmm. And then so you started mentioning and we both started to kind of mention some examples of like how you can get rejected but like what is what does rejection look like? Like you mentioned like the letter that's like, oh, sorry, you didn't get this job. I think that's one thing. Like just straight up being told like, yeah, you ain't get it or, or no, you can't get in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is it's not you, it's me. <laughs> um, in relationships, like mm-hmm. people being like you thinking that there's a longer term, whether it's a friendship, but primarily in romantic relationships, right? Like you foresee it going longer, you want it to be, or you really think you have this connection with somebody. And then they're like, nah, dog, I'm good. Yeah, but I think like, well, I disagree on part of that context because okay. it's not you, it's me. It's actually, I think, pretty fair that a lot of times rejection might not be about you. Mm, um, valid. And that it is kind of about the person in some ways, but also that is for sure rejection what you said at the end too, to be like, Hey, yeah, sorry. Like, uh, this isn't going to work. I don't want to move forward with this. That is a rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another, another form of rejection is abandonment. 
um, if perhaps, or, or maybe you view that as rejection. So think about as a child, maybe if your parents are not there or whether they just had to work a lot or whether they left at home, um, that can feel like they rejected you. Mm-hmm. And that's a real thing. Um, that's a real thing. I, I deal, like have dealt with like letting go of those feelings, whether your parents work a lot or whether you're like working for their constant, like constantly working for their approval. Like you would just want them to be proud of you. Like I feel like a lot of people seek that in their parents and that inspires a lot of things that they're doing. And so if, if they don't celebrate you in the ways that you want them to or that you think like that could also feel like rejection, like not getting the response that you want. And also, um, just being ignored. So I think about things like the movie Mean Girls, which I haven't really seen, but I know enough about like that scenario of, you know, like, and this is an every damn high school or college movie where it's like you're in the cafeteria or whatever and mm. you're trying to figure out which table you just sit at and people looking at you silly. And that, I think that feels like rejection and or um, kind of the fear of it, um, which I don't know if those are two separate things. I think sometimes the fear of rejection can hurt us more than actually getting rejected because that's a whole, you know, different other side of it as well. Yeah. In researching for this episode, there is actually a word for the fear of rejection that keeps people from doing things and it and it is different mm-hmm. and it and it can be worse. Like it can be paralyzing and keeping you from actually going for opportunities. I think the most blatant way rejection looks is people saying no. Like if you ask somebody for help yeah. for something or if you ask somebody on a date or like we already talked about jobs, like people just saying no. And they could be really kind, like, oh, you know, I just am focusing on myself right now. Or actually we fill the position, but you were the second candidate in line, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. still rejection. Uh, yeah, but I think I think the rejection that hurts most is, and maybe it was spoken, but I think sometimes the... That unspoken when you with something you said earlier, like when you had uh, expectations for something to happen, and or or you were hoping something would happen, and then it's like, oh, they don't, they actually don't want to do this thing, or they don't want to go, they don't. So or, or so maybe we're saying the same thing also too, because they could have said no, but I think it hurts more when you are really like the more your expectation is tied up into it, mm-hmm. um, and so that being said, is it? is it a way to not feel rejected in life? Like, is there something you feel like you can do to never feel like you're rejected? You're being rejected. I, or is that maybe the wrong question? Um, I, I think it's a relevant question. I don't know if it's the question, but I think there is a way to help with not feeling rejected or like ways where it won't impact you as much. And that is enlightenment, essentially, like not being attached to outcomes. Mm-hmm. And knowing that everything happens for detachment. A yeah, it's so kind detachment. Of like an opposite of reject like you can't you can't feel rejected if you're not attached to things. Exactly. Is that true? I think so because I if we put any of those scenarios like, man, I really like this person and if it works out, that's great. And if it's not, I know that everything mm-hmm. is gonna work out regardless. Or this job, right? Like you know, like yeah. you know that these doors mm-hmm. close for other things to open. And if you're constantly telling yourself that and you live in this world where everything happens as it should and you're not attached to it looking a certain way, I think rejection yeah. like is whatever. You gotta be super enlightened though, to like Child. for that to be a real thing. So okay. we're gonna keep it real and be like, hey, so like rejection is gonna happen for sure. 
And, you know, it can come from everything and everybody. Like, it can come from your parents, your family, um, from your friends, like romantic and or whatever they're trying to be, partners, um, from places. Like, people who, if you didn't get into your, the sorority or fraternity or if you didn't get into some group, if you didn't make the team, um, things like that, I think, feel like rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, jobs, like, you know, it, it, it's like any decision you can make that may feel important. And may not feel important. Um, it could come with rejection. And so I feel like there's a lot of people who view things through that lens and maybe, you know, trying not to is a, is a key, like not looking at it as far as like, oh, what, that it might not happen or that this may not go the way you want it to go. Um, but I'm getting a little ahead because I know we're going to talk about ways to deal with rejection. Do you think it's possible to reject yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Like, for and it feel the same way as, like, somebody else, though, you know? Yes. Um, the first thing that came to mind was whenever you aren't good with your boundaries or honoring what you need or what you want, you're letting yourself down. And in the same way, like, it could kind of feel <laughs> like somebody abandoning you or not honoring you. Like, for me... I felt that before in the past, like before I had good boundaries, I would always like, and was people pleasing, would always put people's stuff before mine. And at the end of the day, would would feel kind of sad and let down and unappreciated. But mostly it was because I wasn't doing that for myself. And it was like, in a sense, I'm rejecting like my wants and my needs. So I think for me, the action might not be directly me being like, nope, fuck you. But like, at the same time, the the feelings could be the very much That's what you be saying though. Mm-hmm. When you're not doing those things, it is really what you're saying. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think you can. That's like one example. Can you think of any other ones, like ways mm-hmm. you could reject yourself? Maybe um, <clears throat> something that comes to mind outside of what you said, which I think is the one of the bigger um, things. I think another thing may be, for example, like with your sexuality, if you are denying yourself or what you feel like you are or what, who you feel like you want to be with um, because of other pressures or societal norms, things like that. That's kind of something I'm thinking about. Um, I just watched this movie a few days ago called, a few days ago called I believe it's called Uncle Frank or My Uncle Frank and the guy in the movie, the main character. Have you heard of it? I saw the, uh, the preview. Okay, yeah, you should watch it. It was real good. Um, but the main character is I think he's like 40 something or 30 something, seven or something. Like he's older, but it's like his whole family doesn't know, you know, about his sexual mm-hmm. preference. And he's literally been like living in this like shell because, you know, he's kind of rejecting himself. And also, um, in some of the flashbacks, and this doesn't really like ruin it or anything, but in some of the flashbacks, he kind of shows like his first like guy when he was like 16 that he was kind of into. And he fought the boy because he was like, yo, you don't want to be gay. Like, you shouldn't be gay. We're going to go to hell. Mm. So, like, because his dad, like, expressed that to him in that way, he, like, almost like he was rejecting the other guy and rejecting himself, like, in the same way, even though that's, like, what he felt and what he was. It was very interesting. So, I think that could be something where it's, like, you're repressing what you want or what you need, like, in a way like that. Um, is definitely rejecting yourself. You're, you're not even giving yourself the space to be who you want to be at all. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. And not honoring your wants and needs and desires. Um, another one that came top of mind, especially like working like in, in health and wellness, 
is not accepting your body. Oh yeah. <laughs> not accepting your body. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching the video, like yeah, his dog, he's like, he rather is trying her hardest to play with me and trying to focus. <laughs> um, you're rejecting her right now. Um <laughs> wow, but I'm not. I'm, I'm fake playing with that on the You don't want to feel rejection, though. Exactly. That's another thing, too. You know, when you like yell at a dog and you're like, go sit down, and then their ears go down and they look all rejected. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. It is. But yeah, so re- people rejecting their bodies and not, you know, thinking that they're beautiful or they're enough or whatever because of society standards. So, what does that look like, though, to reject your body? Um, to constantly hate yourself to like if you go under the knife or something yeah well uh sometimes i think that that could be it i don't think everybody who goes under the knife is but i definitely could be a symptom but people who have like body dysmorphia and like hate themselves and go into like eating disorders and things like that if you face two in your whole yeah if you face two in your whole life i didn't even know that was a like that big of a thing until recently well i think most people will put their pictures through a, you know, a little, little razzle-dazzle, like, you know, here and there, big, cool. But then it's like, damn, like, you're a whole different person in this photo, like, mm-hmm. as if there's not other photos of you that exist. But, or real life where people see you. Yeah, which is so interesting. Um, so what is the impact, though? Like, if, you, if you've been rejected and or if you're dealing with the fear of rejection... How does that impact your life? Like, how are you moving differently? How are you moving if that's your thing? Mm-hmm. If you are scared of rejection, you will always play it safe. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but the fear of rejection can be so paralyzing that you don't even take risks. Like, you never shoot that shot. You never shoot that shot. Whether Whatever it is, you're like, nah, I'd rather just be here and be safe. But that's so limiting. So you're limiting yourself. Yeah. I think also you limit yourself by not trusting people as much. So maybe, um, especially if maybe a rejection you've experienced is like abandonment or, you know, people say no to you, then you may not trust people or their intentions or that they would be for you or championing you. And so you don't, you know, to what you're saying, like you don't ask people things or you don't try to work with people in a certain way. Um, and I think the biggest thing though is that if you're moving from a place of like fear of rejection, then you are essentially spending more time doing things. God, sorry. I'm like a, that guy on that Zoom that one time where his kids came in the room. Like, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Y'all aren't watching um, the video, you should. The the <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, um, what was the hell was I talking about? Oh, and I think you'll, you'll just spend more time trying to be accepted, whether that's like, you want to dress a certain way or, you know, do your hair a certain way, um, your makeup, you know what I mean? Like, you're just going to try harder to be a certain thing or, like, fit into a certain thing that you think is what, you know, it should be. And I think the scariest part about that is your fear of rejection could cause you to lose yourself because if you are trying to be what everybody wants you to be or what you think is more palatable or more acceptable or more successful, like, who are you? Like, how do you want to dress? How do you want to show up? What are your passions? Like, you'll see a lot of people get... So that's the thing, too. Maybe you'll be a people pleaser. You'll be a people pleaser. Like you see a lot of people get into careers like, oh, well, my parents said I had to be an engineer or a doctor. So here I am. And it's like, but are you really wanting Mm -hmm. to be an artist? Mm -hmm. And we could could be missing out on, you know, some fire ass paintings or beats or whatever, because you felt like you had to be this and you rejected yourself. I think you're about an example like that. It's super deep because 
you may not want to be rejected by your family for not doing a certain thing, but and or you're putting yourself in a space where if you were to get rejected from like John Hopkins or whatever those schools are or programs or internships, you may internalize that or you may like struggle with that even more because there's so much pressure on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing is though that could be good, uh, it could be bad, but it could be good is like, let's say um, you get rejected from a class or a group or a school, maybe that would make you want to improve and study more or, or do a better job, um, focus more on your work or your homework or, you know, in whatever areas. So um, that could be an impact is that maybe it, it drives you to improve. I think perhaps there's something to be said about whatever your mental state and or like is important to you determines like if you're going to look at rejection a certain way and, and look at it as an opportunity to get better and do more or if you want to use it as a reason to prove to yourself that you're not shit. So, you know, really it's kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. I think everything always comes back down to perspective. And as before, it always is 2020 in hindsight, but let's be real. We've all been rejected because like, Sometimes justly, sometimes unjustly, regardless for whatever reason. But sometimes you do have to step your game up. So it can be a positive thing, like you said. But also mm-hmm. it can go kick you into this drive if you have this perspective of not sure if you're enough. Like, oh, man, I didn't get that job. That must mean that I suck. And then you start just like this negative spiral, like downhill of like focusing on everything that's wrong with you or perceivably wrong with you. Um, and it really not be that big of a deal. But now you're internalizing these rejections, which I think is one of the biggest Things is internalizing it and realizing that it's not a reflection of who you are as a person, um, unless you just need to do a lot of self work and you can be honest with I yourself. Mean, unless it is. That's why I'm like, yeah, and, unless <laughs> it is, but it might be, yeah. In which case, go get better and work on yourself and do all that. But if not, mm-hmm. sometimes like you don't. It's not that deep. Yeah, sometimes like you can make a team. Then you might be better. Yeah, you know, hire a coach. <laughs> like it is what it is. But mm-hmm. like, so sometimes you actually need it. Sometimes. I think rejection is absolutely necessary, but when it happens, if you know you're doing the work, like don't internalize it. Just let it roll off your back and keep mm-hmm. it moving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then to wrap this kind of out, what are healthy ways to deal with rejection when it happens? I would say to give yourself time to process. Um, Don't act like the feelings aren't there because that does not help you process them. Give yourself space to Mm -hmm. feel disappointed. Give yourself time to feel sad. If you want to cry, give yourself a little bit of time to cry or journal, do whatever like self-care routine things you need to help yourself honor and process those emotions and then release them and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. One thing I saw that um, I didn't get at first, um, but I had to read about it was that they said treat it as a physical pain. And I guess that kind of goes back to the first things I said, but they said just because if you pay attention to it in that way, like, okay, this is like a hurt for real and not as some like meta thing, that just people who focus on it more so in that way can point on the actual like solutions and dealing with it. And instead of acting like it's kind of not like a thing or not just like Mm. internalizing it. Because like if you were hurt, hurt, like, you know what I mean? You have to pay attention to it. You have to do something with it. Oh, I like that. So it's kind of like a sprained ankle. You're not going to act like that doesn't exist. You're going to rest it and right. ice it and love on it. Yeah. that's. I think that's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, focus on what you do have. Gratitude. Always coming back to that. It's like, okay, man, you know, I, I miss out or I feel like I miss out on this opportunity, but 
I'm alive, which is like, okay, yeah, Carly, whatever. We're all alive. Okay, cool. But not everybody is. And so shout out to that. And that's not saying you can't be disappointed, but that's saying I'm disappointed and I'm also grateful for all of these things that I do have. So just redirecting that energy, which I know people are like, oh, well, that doesn't make it feel better. No, but it does help put things in perspective sometimes. Like, okay, yeah, that relationship might have failed. And there are also 7 billion people in the world. Right. And in the same vein, I think with rejection, it mostly like heals your heels. It bruises your ego. And so sometimes you can just spend some time having yourself up. Like we talked about how a lot of times you spend time in a place of like self-doubt and all that. But take a minute to like hype yourself up. Like when you grade it, how awesome are you? Um, and think about those things. Yo, hype yourself up. And if you don't call a friend to hype you up, like, yo, I just need you. Uh, so I've actually done that before when I was like really struggling, not with necessarily. <laughs> really? But yeah, I was having a bad day. I called one of my friends. I was like, hey, <laughs> I just need you to remind me who I am for a moment because I am like in a rabbit hole. I need Gas you. Gas me up. That, like, yes. But did that work? You ask for it? Because it's like you're asking for it. Yeah. I mean, I really needed it. I was like spiraling. And my friend like was like, what? Mm -hmm. You? Who came from this and this? Like, you know, they hit <laughs> me. I was, I was hyped. <laughs> I was hype. It didn't like, it, it got me out of the rabbit hole. It didn't fix anything, but it did get me out of the rabbit hole and gave me a moment and mm -hmm. it like allowed me to feel supported and seen, which I think is something that can be very helpful. I um, mean, with that vein, that's get, on our list too. If I say, yeah, get, you get around people, people who value you, who, value you, who mm -hmm. love you, who will support and you even in those moments. Stop trying to sit at the coolest people table at lunch and find the people that, that fuck with you. Cause they're the coolest people in, around to be real. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be around you. There we go. How about that? Because <laughs> they don't know what they're missing though. That is fine. Um, another thing is like actually examining your role in it, and we've mentioned this and kind of alluded to this. Like, you know, if you ain't been practicing your jump shot, like, sorry, you didn't make the team. So, being realistic about you know what you contributed and what you can do mm -hmm. to prevent this from happening again. Absolutely, and. One of the last ones, the most important is watch that negative self-talk and that narrative of whatever's going on. Like that goes to internalizing what happened or, man, I'm weak, this and this and this, which you might be, in which case you can get better, but don't let it, don't decimate yourself. <laughs> which you might be. I mean, <laughs> which is a real yeah. thing. We've all had to have that conversation with ourselves like, yo, I'm... I need to get my life together. Yeah, um, but yeah. you can't like beat yourself up constantly because you can never get better if you're constantly breaking yourself down. You can have that real conversation with yourself like, yo, I suck today. I need to do better tomorrow without like completely demolishing yourself. So just noticing where that negative self-talk narrative is going. And if you need some extra thoughts or how to do that, we have a whole episode on how to work with that negative voice inside of your head. Shout out to Jay. What is, if you can think of anything, can you think of like one of the biggest like rejections you feel like you've experienced? Oh man, I have, I have a lot. Which area of my life would you like to hear? <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, probably it's a little something different in, in a bunch of different areas. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, yeah, because I remember not getting like a promotion when I was like the only one who was, oh my, yeah. And then they hired some, this old lady just because she's been like there for longer. But I'm like, then she sucked. And then they kept trying to ask me questions. I was like, oh, nah, y'all good. Nah, like, nah, nah, nah. Y'all good on there, right? You nah, made your decision. You're like Thanos. It brought yeah. you back to me. Uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that one. Um, but it just made me feel, actually, it made me feel how you also. So maybe going back to the first question, like how did I feel? 
Um, like people aren't seeing you mm-hmm. or they're not recognizing you also. Um, I ain't been rejected by no, I was about to call him something else. I, I don't think I've been rejected by no dudes per se. <laughs> uh, but mm, I know I have. I know I have. I mean, do you have anything juicy? Um, well, <laughs> well mm, um, like business school, I... Applied to three schools, got into two, but my top one was like, nah, fam, we good. <laughs> okay. But, I, <laughs> but I'm cool on it. Uh, it worked, it worked out. Um, also, let's see. Uh, I really feel like my dad and I were just having a discussion. And I don't think it's so much that he rejects me as it is that he rejects my choice in employment and like entrepreneurship. Like he, cause he mm-hmm. is, for, I'm first generation. He's from the Philippines mm, and he, he really was like, you know, knock, uh, you could be an engineer. He's like, you know, with your, you, with your masters, like you could be a manager. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. But he's like, I just don't right, understand don't why you choose. He's like, I don't understand why you choose to struggle and do all this. Cause entrepreneurship can be a struggle sometimes like trying to build businesses and stuff. And, I'm not like, he's like, you left a good paying job to go do this. And so that's kind of like a rejection in a sense of his mm-hmm. acceptance and him being proud of me. And I had to figure out like, first of all, why do I care? And second of all, mm-hmm. like, dang, that kind of sucks that you don't see me, but it's cool. I told him, I said, dad, I'm a pop. Trust mm-hmm. me. Trust me. You'll understand the vision whenever it happens, but you don't see it right now. And that's okay. So him rejecting, you know, me and, and where I am. Yeah. That was a big thing for me this past week. I was like processing it. Um, so that, that is, yeah, that can be a big thing. And that's a big thing for a lot of people. And it, it sucks so much, I think, too, to think about like that your family, even though you're, you are family, a lot of times we don't see people like and let them be who they are, especially with family, because like you've known them since, uh, you know, the beginning or for such a long time that it's like you're not letting them become something else in your brain or like you're trying to hold them to a particular story. Uh, so I think a lot of people probably can identify with things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a big thing. And then you want to see your kids like do well and stuff. So it's, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, it's not coming from a crazy place, but also it's like, bro, like, let me live. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's... Like, you could be doing a lot of other things too. Doc, OnlyFans. Um, I think <laughs> it's also hard for our parents' generation, whether they're, especially I would say immigrants and like mm-hmm. people who are first generation, for them to conceptualize us doing such untraditional things because they were raised in an era where you got a job and you held that job down and you provided for your family. You did this. And mm-hmm. all of us are like, we moving around. We in this digital thing. We're digital nomads. We we travel when we want to. We don't own homes. Um, shout out to student loan debt and all that stuff. But like, it's just such a different thing that it, I think so sometimes it's so hard for them to conceptualize even like our choices because they weren't even <laughs> around when they existed. Like they were pre-technology in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah yeah that's fair but it sounds like you went through processing and you know re- remind yourself who you are and some of the things we're saying with how to deal with rejection so that was a good example you know to end this out on I think um so for anybody listening let us know if this was helpful to you what experiences you may have had with rejection how you dealt with it um and again feel free to give us a call too um, Jay, who's on my listening still, 323-505-2030 and leave us a voicemail also. Yo, Mr. Williams is probably still listening and I, and oh, yeah. we gonna have him That's be fair. a guest too. So, <laughs> so 
So if you're still listening, Mr. Williams, we're going to be calling you soon. Um, I think he has a lot of wisdom and things to share, especially for creating opportunities for other people. So I think that'd be really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. hit us about rejection. Let us know how you process or how you're working through it. Please share this with a friend. And then this week's shout out is... My homeboy from business school, Brian Wong, um, and his company, Far Fellow Candle Company. So if you miss out on that Bath and Body Works candle sale and you're looking to support a local LA-based person of color-owned business, hit them up, Far Fellow Candle Co. Um, I'll, we'll link everything in the episode notes. But every purchase you make will support Unite LA. It is a nonprofit org that leads collaborative education reform efforts, promotes business education partnerships, and expands college ac- expands college access and provides workforce development opportunities for youth in Los Angeles. So you can feel good about spending your money with a person of color, locally based in LA, and you're helping someone. So hit them up. I have two of their candles, and they're really, really good. Oh, good. Yeah, I need to get some more. So I'm looking at the site right now. Yeah, that bourbon joint is fire. And then this week's question is, what's missing in your life? Nothing. In this moment, I'm good. Yes, girl. I'm going to say a high credit score. (laughs) I'm going to say fuck that credit score system, but you know. Actually, well, high key, yeah. But also high key, uh, it ain't pressing me because I don't, know, I don't have shit to do, so it's cool. But um, yeah, I would answer more money and credit if I was keeping it real on that one. And I'm working on this whole mindset that I have everything that I need. It's all flowing to me as it should. Let's let's rent it up the the bank account and the credit score. That's real. That's real. That's real. If I actually sit down and get my work done, <laughs> but with the holidays and stuff, like, dog, I'm for like a week and a half there. I was like, like I ain't have a job. Like, I was just like on vacation, but I'm back. <laughs> I'm about to get back. Um, yeah, I think towards the end of the year, it gets real easy to be like, eh. man, and I think everybody um, working yeah. from home probably makes it even more like, eh. yeah, yeah, getting cold and stuff. Well, not super cold here, but kind of getting cold. It's a little chilly. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Carly's Couch 116, dealing with rejection, and we hope to see you next week. Peace.